working in nonprofit and talk about the role itself. But before we get into that, can you just talk about who you are and how you kind of got to where you are today? Sure, I'd be happy to do that. Um, so I am one of two children. I have a younger brother. His name is Chuck. He has Down syndrome. And my parents from um, an early age were kind of really involved with the Massachusetts Down Syndrome Congress, which is another nonprofit. It's a really great you know, resource for them when they were going through the transition of you know, having two children. One of them now has an intellectual disability. And I can just remember, I think as young as 10, going to their annual conference with my mom and dad and selling t-shirts and books at the table outside while they were in training and networking. Um, so I just had a lot of exposure with the concept of volunteering at the conference as a nonprofit and you know, helping other people. Um, and then you know, I went to college, uh, I went to Harvard. I thought I was gonna go to pre-med um, route. So after I graduated, I was taking some more courses and was still connected with the Mass Down Syndrome Congress. And they actually reached out to me and said that they would um, need a volunteer to help start some direct service programs for teens and young adults with Down syndrome. And I realized that that was a way in which I really wanted to help people. Um, I think, you know, a little bit younger, I thought, help people in medicine. And that's kind of all I really knew. So then I was exposed to this other side. Um, and I turned that into a paid job and helped start their first, you know, direct service programming for that age group. Um, and then eventually I uh, found my way to Cardinal Christian Centers to have an informational interview with the CEO at the time, Joanne Simons. It was about 2010. And I said to her, I want to run my own nonprofit someday, because I was like 24 years old. So what should I do? Should I go to grad school? Should I get an MBA? She said, absolutely not. You should learn how to do fundraising. I was like, hmm, okay. Um, so I did some project work for her on the side and eventually was offered a full-time position um, in the development department. And that was in 2010 when I joined at Cardinal Christian Center. So there's kind of a personal connection to Yeah, the mission definitely made a lot of sense to me, but then it was also a good learning opportunity for me. Um, my brother went through the Boston Public School System up until the age of 19, and he was in classes that were in the inclusion model, and that's kind of what me and my family knew. And Cardinal Christian Centers was this whole other world because we have that residential programming, um, and while it's not inclusive in the sense that there aren't um, students without disabilities who you know attend and go to school there and learn about employment training, et cetera, um, it's still like a really wonderful, vibrant community. So it was a great opportunity for me, someone you know who considers themselves um, very entrenched in the disability community, to really fully experience this other side of things and understand how that kind of fit into the overall piece of how we can help people with disabilities live more inclusive and full lives. So talk about your role within Carlton Christian. Sure. Um, well, when I started, I had that you know baptism by fire career in fundraising. <laughs> um, and over the years, the past 10 plus years, um, now I'm the director of development. So there is uh, one person above me in the department, and then um, we have a team of three others. Um, and so together, we do fundraising for the organization, we do all the communications, public relations, websites, social media, special events. Um, so we're a small but mighty team, and uh, you know, together we work to kind of help elevate the mission. It's that it, development always kind of covers a lot of someone like the director of development in your world. What does that mean when you're dealing with others with disabled people? So for those that don't know Cardinal Christian Centers, what is it? That's a great question. Um, Cardinal Christian Centers is a nonprofit organization located on the South Shore. Our main locations are in Hanover and Braintree. 
Um, and what we do is we provide a whole bunch of different types of programs and services to both students and adults uh, with intellectual disabilities. So we have um, a residential school and day school where you know students come and go from their homes. Um, and within that model, we focus a lot on employment training because that's something that we do really well and that we find is a really kind of cornerstone of our mission. And we have a lot of similar programs on the adult side. So in the disability community, we're considered an adult at the age of 22. Um, so again, we have homes where people are with us for the duration of their life. Um, we continue to work on those employment skills. We have some therapeutic paid programs. And within all of those, on both the student and the adult side, we have different therapy services too. So speech therapy, occupational therapy, uh, physical therapy. Um, we have nursing staff. Um, so we're this really comprehensive, inclusive community. Our goal is to help everyone live you know, full and independent lives, whatever that means for them, to the best of their ability. We want to work on those skills within our own little neighborhood and then help people transfer those to when they go beyond Park Cushing and outside, maybe back to their community where they live with their family or you know, wherever their life may be. So in your words, what's the mission? Um, it is to help people with disabilities live their best life. organization so special to you? And one of the things with working on profit is that we become all we all become emotionally attached one way or another. We work, we're meeting people. Why is it so special to you? Cardinal Cushing Centers is unlike any other place I've ever been or any other place I've ever worked. I know I've been there for a little while now, but there is just something about the community of people there. Um, the people that choose to work there, whether it's for a couple years or 10 plus years, um, the passion and the care that they have It's just contagious, and you want to continue to be around it, and you want to continue to be a part of it and say, okay, what's my role here? How can I have an impact, and how can I help these other people do their jobs? Um, and then I think on the, the other you know, side of that is also just seeing the impact on the families. And being a, a family member myself of someone with a disability, I understand what it's like to kind of entrust the care of your loved one to somebody else and how hard that can be. So when I see it work and click on both sides, um, it just, you know, it's very beautiful. Once I grew up in Hanover, and we were talking about this earlier, one of the things I noticed growing up that Crown Cushing is really integrated into the community. You see people from Crown Cushing everywhere. You see employment places. Um, is that is that like a, something that the organization tries to do, is really tries to get immersed inside that community? Definitely. Connections with the outside community is very important to Cardinal Cushing Centers. I mean, those partnerships help us in a lot of different ways, right? They provide a lot of different resources, but not just like things like monetary sponsorships or helping us spread the word about who we are and what we do, but really opportunities and experiences um, for the individuals that we support, both students and adults. And then I think on the flip side of that, we also provide them with an experience um, to really understand what it's like to say, work with or volunteer alongside someone with a disability and what that person can I mean, not 100% of the time, but often we hear things like, oh, they've helped um, with the morale so much because they are so appreciative of this opportunity, this job, this volunteer gig, whatever it may be, and that translates, and then it kind of permeates to everybody else. Yeah, it's like taking that inclusion thing out of the classroom and putting it into the bigger world. Absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot of what we do is, okay, what did we learn here today, and then how can we then take that and help this student or adult apply it to their life? 
organization has needs? What's the most urgent needs that Cardinal Christian Centers have? That's a great question. Um, I think Cardinal Christian Centers has like two buckets of needs, if I could talk about two. Sure. I think one um, is just from a staffing perspective, we have a lot of direct service roles. I'm talking about the people that work like in our residential units or directly in our classrooms or our day programs. And you're having this opportunity to really impact one-on-one somebody's life. But those roles can also be really hard at the same time. So there's a lot of challenge and there's a lot of reward. Um, but they can be a little bit hard to staff and to the level that we need them because we have so many people that we're serving. So I'd say that's one need. And I think the other bucket really comes down to kind of our infrastructure. Um, there's a lot of positive things that come with being around since 1947. Um, and then there's some challenges. Uh, so facilities, infrastructure, those kind of um, needs, you know, like our auditorium. It's a wonderful space for our drama club, but it probably needs all new windows and grates, a better sound system. Um, when we were, you know, going through COVID and the, the houses became the classrooms and the day programs, there was always this fear, like, what if we lose power? How are we going to stay connected to the outside world? So generators for all of our residential units. Um, we need a new heating system in our school building. So there are some of those big ticket items that you know we need to fulfill. And it's for those that haven't been there, it's like a it's a campus. It's like its own little town that you can make your way for like a small college campus that does all this stuff. Yeah, if you drive up, there's like a long driveway, and you see sort of that main building in front of you. It's brick. It's got pillars and columns. But then there's all these other pockets and areas, um, you know, right around it. And that's the Hanover spot. We've got our day school in Braintree. And then we have more of those residential homes throughout the South Shore. Like we have one in Marshall that year, too. Um, but, yeah, it definitely has a campus feel. We like to call it our neighborhood. So how's the organization funded? It's probably multiple funding streams. Absolutely. So our organization is funded um, primarily through the fees that we receive as reimbursements for our services. So on the school side, it can kind of be considered like tuition. Um, so say a public school system doesn't have the supports and services in place to take care of a student, and that student comes to us. So funds are redirected from that school district to Cardinal Christian Centers. Um, and then on the adult side, a lot of our funding comes from state agencies, like the Department of Developmental Services, MassHealth, Medicaid, etc. Um, and then, of course, the fundraising department fills in the gap and helps make up what's left. So COVID's impacted everyone, every organization. How has it impacted Cardinal Christian Centers? Maybe your role in particular. Well, COVID has made a tremendous impact. Um, at first it was, you know, just like everybody else, like pump the brakes, what are we going to do here to keep people safe? But also, how do we stay open for the hundred or so people who um, don't really have another option? Whether it was the student or the adult side, we had some youth and some adults who, who didn't have a home to go to or their parents are just were not going to be equipped at home to help them with all of their complex needs. So it was figuring that piece out first and how to keep the staff and the students and the adults safe, get our you know sanitation procedures down and all the PPE. And then simultaneously for everybody else that wasn't going to be directly doing those roles, how can we keep them working and how can we keep them engaged in the workplace? And then the next phase was now how do we start to bring people back so that we're getting closer and closer to kind of being fully operational again and doing it in a really safe way. Um, so each step of the way, each phase brought different challenges. Um, I think everyone came together really well as a, a community to figure them out. And I think a huge piece of that community was the South Shore supporters 
apartments because they came through with funds and I needed them for immediate things. Purchase, um, you know, Chromebooks, for example. Um, I mean, I think at one point we ended up purchasing like over 300 and you know, we were fortunate to get funding from a few different sources to help us do that. But that's allowed, all of those smaller things have allowed us to really continue to operate without much of a blip. What about on the development side? I've, I've, I know a few development people, we've worked with some people here and they really like to think on their feet over the past year, you know, in regards to they can't do the in-person fundraiser or that they have to switch to virtuals. How has that, how have you been handled here with any of that? That's an amazing question. Um, I think for us at Cardinal Cushing Centers, our donors and supporters were really understanding, um, but I also think we did a great job communicating. Um, so, you know, if you're unable to figure something out, maybe, or if you need to make a change, I think instead of trying to hide that, just be upfront about it and think about how clearly you're communicating it really helped. Um, and then we stayed in touch with people, you know, the new ways that everybody else was doing, right? Video calls, phone calls, maybe even text messages. And there was a, also a, a relationship there, right? Like, how are you as a person? Not just like, what do I need from you? But like, how are you doing? How's COVID impacting you? And keeping those lines of communication really open. And then of course, with the, uh, you know, in-person events and things like that, you know, brainstorming, okay, is this something we can make virtual? Should we skip it this year and just make a nice appeal and ask people to help us during these challenging times? So I think just being really strategic along the way, being willing to be flexible, and just having really strong relationships and being good communicators ultimately has helped us continue on with the fundraising. And um, we're currently having one of our best years to date, so we're very, very fortunate and happy about that. Awesome. So if someone wants to volunteer, wants to find out more about Cardinal Cushing, where can they go? Well, we have our website, which is um, www.cushingcenters.org. Um, of course, if there's a way to communicate via MCTV back to me, I'm happy to try and connect with anyone out there who wants to learn more. I think volunteering is becoming easier as time goes on. Um, I can think of a, a program in particular, uh, Fearless Focus out of Pembroke, who Recently, recently reached out, we were going to start some virtual opportunities for our students and adults, but now we might be able to host some things outside as the weather gets warmer. So I think there are ways that we can kind of figure out now how to bring community members back in um, to see our guys, to see our students, to see our adults, and then hopefully in the not too distant future, we'll also be able to take them more into the community again and just kind of get out there in the world. Um, but then, of course, if there's um, interest in supporting our events, we do have some of those coming up, too. So there's a couple different ways you could kind of hit it if you want to get more involved. So you're also involved with the South Shore Chambers nonprofit group. You're the current chair. Talk about that experience. Oh, it's been a great couple years. Uh, not quite two years now, but prior to taking on the role of chair, um, I was involved with the group. I was um, helping plan our educational programming or our networking events. Basically, our group's purpose is a twofold. One is to kind of help each other as nonprofit professionals on the South Shore in particular, kind of navigate and learn things. Um, you know, just the other day we had a, a virtual Zoom call and we really focused on like the back end bone details of how you do a virtual event, like the nitty gritty stuff that maybe isn't super exciting, but it's so necessary in order to make a successful event. So we were all kind of nerding out over how we can kind of help each other and how we can make these events successful. But I think the other side um, there with this group was also just sort of elevating the presence of nonprofits in general on the South Shore and, and the eyes of the South Shore Chamber of Commerce. 
the Southshore Chamber is an amazing resource. There's so many corporate partners, business leaders, people who are really making an impact in the community. So you just want to say, hey, remember us. You know, we're contributing to the economy down here. We're a huge uh, driver of the workforce. We're also doing really good things. And how can we help each other? Jumping into some of the general kind of NPOE questions that we do. So as you and I both know, the nonprofit world is super rewarding, but it's at the same time really, really challenging. What's the biggest challenge you face? I think sometimes um, on like the funding side, and you know that's a, where a lot of my recent experience has been with, with funding. So I think I'll speak from that perspective. There was like a phase I feel like we were going through with funders where they were like, "What are you doing that's new and innovative again? What's your new program? And how are you partnering with other people to do it?" And I think that level of thinking is always good, right? You want to be thinking outside the box and about making connections with others. But what about just funding for the things that you already do really well, that are integral to your mission, that set you apart from others, but you've, you've been doing them and they don't feel as new and innovative? That still needs funding too. So I think that can be a challenge sometimes, is to try and tell your story in a way that's compelling, even if you're not doing we're doing it, and we're doing it with a business model that doesn't allow us to make much of a profit, so how are we going to keep doing it and we need your help? Well, on the flip side, what's probably the most rewarding thing? I think making a connection um, that benefits multiple people at the same time. And what I mean by that is, you know, maybe I meet with a donor or a potential donor, and I learn more about them and what sort of excites them. And then at some point, maybe not right away, but there's a need that comes up staff who have been wanting to maybe get a certain type of project or program off the ground for a little while but haven't had the resources to do it. Suddenly there's this like ray of hope that we can make it happen. And so when when it really works and it's really something that advances our mission and things click, that's such a cool feeling to be that person that's helping make all those connections. Um, what's something about the nonprofit that people may not know? I think people don't fully understand sometimes um, you know, why why go that route? Like why have a nonprofit? Why not just be like a regular old business and just, you know, worry about your profit margins and then you can help people along the way? Um, and I think until you really have a little bit of experience with one, even if it's as a volunteer, I think then you fully understand more of like how doing the work for good and being focused on the mission first and the bottom line second, how it kind of sets things Thank you for joining us today and talking about Carmen Fisher and what it's like working in the nonprofit world. Thank you so much for having me.